This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Usually when I go away for Shabbos, I usually come back with some form of interesting story or halachic uh, situation that came up. I didn't, uh, this time wasn't any different. I was away upstate and it came time for Shabbos Mavarchim. It was time to be Mavarchim the Chaydish. And they realized no one knew when the Mailid was. They knew when Rish Chaydish was, but no one knew when the Mailid was. And this, ah, so this became a big tumult in the shul. The whole shul was 12 men. It was a grace of tumult. Everyone was very stressed that they don't know when the Mailid was. So I, Kedake uh, Akaydish, I wasn't getting involved. It wasn't my job. It wasn't my business. I sat quietly in the back. They didn't ask me. But Baruch Hashem, there was a Rav there, Rabbi Kalish from the Five Towns, the Chash of the Rav. So he got up and told everyone, relax, don't worry. You don't need to know when the Mailer is. Now he's 100% right. But let's talk a little bit about this, Shaila, about understanding the significance of mentioning the Mailer. Oh, that's what I want to talk about. I want to point out that this whole minute of announcing the Moilid might not really be such a big minute. So let's go back a little bit. So if you want to look about the whole source of Shabbos Mavarchim, of what we call today Shabbos Mavarchim, is not really found anywhere. The best place you'll find is if you take a look, it's in the Tof Yud Zayin. That's in the Chelek Dals of the Mishtabura, or what I like to call the forgotten Chelek of the Mishtabura. Over there in Tof Yud Zayin, the Mishtabura brings down from the Magen Avram. If you look up the Magen Avram, it's much more lengthier. The Magen Avram brings down that there's a minig kadmonenu. It's an early minig. Doesn't say where it comes from. It's an early minig to be mivarich the chaydish, like we give a bracha to the upcoming Rosh Chaydish, the Shabbos before the Rosh Chaydish. Magen Avram writes that this is not, do not confuse this, says the, the, the Magen Avram, do not confuse this with Kiddush HaChodesh. We're not being Mekadosh the Chodesh. He says, but rather it's just, you know, the reason why we do it is so people should know when Rosh Chodesh is. That was the whole idea. The whole idea was that people should be familiar with the calendar to know when Rosh Chodesh is. However, the, the Magen Avram concludes, he says, nonetheless, when we are actively Mikadish, when we do that part of Shabbos Mavarchim, you should do it standing. So even though the Magen Avram lets us know this is not really Kiddush HaChodesh, but we like to treat it similar to that, and therefore the Minigan Klaishos, as we all know, we stand for that part of Shabbos Mavarchim Davening. Now, that's what he says, he used to do it by Amidah. Now, it's interesting, the Mepharshim point out, why did they do this on Shabbos? So the answer is, because Shabbos, you get the best attendance. Most people show up to shul. That's why we do it by, right before Musaf. Why don't we do it by Shachris? Because we know, already from the mission in Rosh Hashanah, we know that the best crowd, go into any shul, you'll see when shul is the fullest, right before Musaf is usually when the most people are there. So that's why the minute was to do this right before Musaf, because that's when you have the best attendance at shul. There's an interesting Shiloh, what about women in Shabbos Mavarchim? What about women in being Mavarchim? What we call, when I say Shabbos Mavarchim, I mean the tefillahs that we give on, that we say on Shabbos Mavarchim. So it's interesting. My wife is very makbid. She's very makbid to always say the tefillahs for Shabbos Mavarchim. The question is why? So if you look in the Paiskim, they say, interestingly, that Be'etzim women are not chayef. Even though women might be chayef in tefillah, this is not part of tefillah. This was a much later edition, Bizman Arishonim, and Me'ikaradim women are potter. But I want to tie of the opposite. I want to tie in if I can. Maybe women should be more mechoyv than men. Because if you go back to the tour in the Shulchan Aruch and Echaz the, the one gender that has more of a shaykhist to Rishchidesh is actually the women. Shulchan Aruch brings down that the women have a minute not to work on Rishchidesh. Based on the Pirkei Debalazah, because when the story of the Egal, the women did not give up their jewelry. So there's a minute in Shulchan Aruch that women don't go to work on Rishchidesh. So they better know when Rishchidesh is more than us men. 
Maybe you'll say they don't daven as much as we do, but they have much more at stake to know when Rish Chodesh is. But either way, the minute today is that women do like to say those tefillahs as well. So that's the tefillahs that we have. That's brought down already and earlier. What about the hachrazas ha What is the significance of, of announcing when the moilid is and where is the first place that this appears? So it actually appears in the Shari Ephraim. The last chapter in the Shari Ephraim, Ephraim is Amagolus' classical work on Hilchas Kriya Torah slash parts of Davening. So in Shari Yud Alocha Tezayin, he writes something interesting. He writes, Shenochun liyoida b'shoshem evorchion eimatz yehamoylet. He doesn't say to announce it. He says you should know when it is. Doesn't say you should announce it in shul. He says the community, the people, maybe the baltfila should be aware of when the moilet is at the time when the mevorchim the chaydish. And he writes in the sefer. This is what the rav got right. He said yoda, And if no one knows when the moilet is, like we had no idea last Shabbos, he writes it's not ma'akiv, not a problem. And he points out because the whole reason it's not about knowing when the moilet is, it's knowing about when Rosh Chodesh is, like the Magen Avram told us. This whole Shabbos Mavarchim is not to know when the moilet is, it's merely to know when Rosh Chodesh is. And we all knew Rosh Chodesh is on Tuesday. Now, if you look in the Orach HaShulchan in Simit Tov Yud Zayin, he says it a little stronger. The Orach HaShulchan writes that the reason why we're supposed to know the moilet is because just like at the time of Kiddush HaChodesh in the times of Bezdin, they needed to know when the moilet was. That was that was what the Adam testified on. They testified on the moilet, which means the earliest time the Levana could be seen. That's what they were testifying on. So at the time of Kiddush HaChodesh, they Adam, they definitely knew the moilet. They saw the moilet. So therefore says the Orach HaShulchan, that's why we also have to know the moilet. So you could declare that maybe according to the Aruch HaShulchan, it's taka ma'akiv. If you don't know when the moilet is, maybe you taka can't be mevarach in the chaydish. But that's clearly not the case. If you look in the paiskim kafachayim and later paiskim, they all assume that even according to the Aruch HaShulchan, it is not ma'akiv. It definitely does not mean you can't do the rest of Shabbos mevarach. Now it's interesting. What? 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 It was only during the day. That's for a different reason. But I was going to wait for Malcha to give us the scientific class about what the moilet is and what does it mean and what's really happening in the sky. That will leave for Malcha to give when I'm not here. He can give a class on the entire topic to explain to everyone what does it mean the moon and the earth and the sun and the whole scientific explanation. Bevatal daiti on that topic. Now, it is interesting. It's not really brought down anywhere, this minug of being machris the moilet. Even in the Shari Ephraim, he just says you should know about it. It means you look, at, look on the calendar before Shul and move on. They do bring down from the Oyiv Yisrael, from the Apterov, that he writes, Bedavka not to announce the Moilet. Bedavka not to announce the Moilet. And he has an interesting reason. He says it's based on the Pasuk in Megillah. What does Megillah have to do with it? It says in the Pasuk, Ein Esther Magedes Es Moiladeto. Esther would not reveal her birth. He wants to say that Esther in, in Roman means the Levana. So we're not supposed to be Megala the Levana. We're not supposed to be Megala when the Levana is Moilad, which is the Moilad. And that's why it's supposed to be top secret. We're not supposed to say it over when it takes place. Okay. However, I saw brought down the name of Israel Hildesheimer that he said, no, that the minute was to announce when the Moilad is. However, if you look in the Shire frame, it seems very clear that Minog was to know it, but not to announce it. This announcing seems to be a much later practice, not necessarily Api Iker Halacha. I did see an interesting shaila that comes up that uh, in the Mishnah's Rabbi Yosef Lieberman Zatzal. He was just a few months ago in Eretz Yisrael. He has an interesting shaila. Can the kid announce the moilet? Let the kid announce the moilet. So he wants to tie it. Maybe it's dependent on why we have the moilet. If you have the moilet, just so people should know. So let the kid do it. But if it's like the Aruch HaSholchan, that it's a chilek of what they did in the time of the Mekadosh the Chodesh, that could only have been done through a gadol. 
And then he concludes at the end of the tshuva, what you're probably all thinking anyways, that we have a rule, generally speaking, anything that's done b'tzibur, we don't allow a cotton to do, and therefore he suggests perhaps it's better not to allow a cotton to do it. However, there are many groups of Jews in Kala Yisrael that do not announce the moilet. Chacham Uvadir, Bavad Yosef, writes his minog was not to announce the moilet. He said some Sephardish communities today do not announce the moilet. The minog on Zinichoyv and Spinka and Ger and um, I wrote down over here in Bells, their minog is all not to announce the moilet. I actually have a kasha. I have a safer from the Minhagi Asulitz, and there they write that in Sulitz they don't announce the Milad. But I spoke to my brother-in-law, Davin, there. He says they do announce the Milad. So I have mitzvah What's going on over there? I don't know. But definitely there is a gr- large group of Hasidim and Sfardim also who don't announce the Milad. They don't make such a big deal about this din of Achrozas HaMilad. I did see an interesting minute that what's we, that's what we do here, that even if, it's a shayl who, who announces the Milad, the Baltfilo or the Gabai, but they say if the Gabai is going to announce the Milad, he should be standing by the Bima. Not from his seat, he should do it from the Bima over there. That's the minute where they announce the Milad from. So everyone was in such a tumult, such a rash about the Milad. The answer is it's not the end of the world. It's not such a big deal if you don't announce the Milad. Now, if you go through the rest of the Shams of Archim, it's talking very strange. Why do we, after we announce the Milad, all of a sudden then we start with Misha, Asa, Nisam, Laveseinu. What does that have to do with anything? We're talking about the new, the new month. Now all of a sudden we start talking about miracles that happen to the Jewish people. So this, if you look in the Levush and the Shari Ephraim, also brings this down, that the idea is because the first mitzvah that the Jewish people had when they left Mitzrayim was Kiddush HaChodesh. So that's why we're referencing the idea of Kiddush HaChodesh that when Klai Yisrael left Mitzrayim, they left from their Sheba, the first thing they had was Kiddush HaChodesh. Psham Shemafal Hirsch and his has a very beautiful idea that just like the moon goes from light to dark and then back to light, so we to the Jewish people are often in a, part, a time of Choshech and we hope one day we'll get out of that Choshech and we'll get to light. That's something that we can relate to very much in our time. There's also an interesting question about... Um, if you look in the Shari Ephraim, again, fascinating. If you look in the Shari Ephraim, he brings down that only the Chazan says, The rest of the Tzibah doesn't say that. That was just the, the Shliach Tzibah's job. The rest of us don't have to say that. Because he just has to notify us when Rosh is. But today the Minig became, as everyone says it also. But if you look in the Shari Ephraim, he says the Minig is only the Baltfilo says it. It should be. I was somewhere where they were so upset that they, a whole fight in the shul that there was one guy who wanted the mail to be announced in Yiddish. Not one person in the shul spoke Yiddish. But this guy loved announcing the mail in Yiddish. It doesn't make any sense. Because if no one knows what you're saying, it doesn't make sense to announce it in Yiddish. Now, why is it Bechlal important to announce the Moilet? So the, the typical answer that is given is, so we should know when we could do Kiddush Levana. Because Kiddush Levana, we calculate based on the Moilet. That's the only real good reason why you should announce the Moilet in the first place, is to know when to do Kiddush Levana. <laughs> but um, they have other, other reasons, I'll be more Kabbalistic reasons, of why we should know when the Moilet is. But strictly speaking, why do we have to know when the Moilet is? What does it do for us? Which is why many places can say, so why mention it in Shul? What's it important for us to know? We just have to know when Meshchadish is. We have to know when to say Yal We have to know when to say Hala. It's also interesting... So that's a different demonstration I'm not going to get into now. We assume, we calculate the Moilet based on Yerushalayim. That's what we do. Why we do that is a much bigger conversation, but we'll leave it at that. that no, the Moilet we calculate, no, the Moilet is after Yerushalayim and we calculate from that Moilet, yes. That's correct. That's correct. We count from that Moilet. There is an interesting Shailah about what happens if you have two days Rosh Chodesh. Right? So if you have two days Rosh Chodesh, you say, Habo Aleinu, I'm sorry, you say Rosh Chodesh, where does it go? For when you have two days Rosh Chodesh, so do you say Habo Imoleinu or Habo Aleinu? It's also an interesting Shaila. 
So the Shara Ephraim also talks about this. Do you say Haboim for the plural, or you only say one? So what do they have? They do, they do say Haboim. Then the Shara Ephraim brings down another question that I remember hearing many years ago from Rabbi Akr Zatzal, used to teach us in Yeshiva, that what happens when you have two days Rosh Chodesh? So a lot of people today, when they have two days Rosh Chodesh, it's ready the first day, Ulamacha Rasoi. If you look in the original source, that's only supposed to be when the first day is Shabbos and the second day is Sunday. That's the only time you're supposed to say Ulamacha Rasoi. But today, everyone, whenever there's two days Rosh Chodesh, it's already first day Ulamacha Rasoi. But uh, if you look in the Paiskim, again, I saw the Munkach disagreed, the Munkach writes his minigas that whenever it's a two days Rosh Chodesh, it's always Ulamacha Rasoi. But if you look up at some of the original sources, it seems to be that the only time you say Ulamacha Rasoi is when the first day is Shabbos, then the second day is Sunday, then you say Ulamacha Rasoi, but today everyone uh, does whatever they want. But it's interesting, if you look in the Arach and this we'll have to talk about at a different time, he discusses the whole Yehirotz and seems very strange. That Yehirotz seems to be like Bakoshes Rachamim. We generally don't ask for Rachamim on Shabbos. So why is it permitted to say that Yehirotz? And the Misha also needs him. That's fine. That's praising Hashem. But what's this Yehirotz and why isn't it exactly a Shailah Bakoshes Rachamim on Shabbos? And then maybe one day we'll talk about what's the proper text. B'schus Tfilas Rabbim, B'schus Tfilas Rab, what's that all about? That's also found in that same piece of the Arach